The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Welcome to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spies, the shale play prophet, the North Dakota nomad, coming to you from the Hatch Coaching Studios. Our entitled intern, Provolone, is manning the production elements of the podcast. Troy Schrenk with Target Hospitality will be joining us a little bit later on in the program. He's the CCO, the Chief Commercial Officer with Target Hospitality. Troy is going to give us an update on what they have going down in the Permian, Delaware Basin. Also want to ask him about the food they have there. I was able to dine there in the Dunn County location they had back in the Bakken at one point and really impressed with what was going on out there with uh, Target. Back then it was Target Logistics and Target Lodging and now Target Hospitality uh, as they just continue to evolve with the marketplace out there. And so... We're going to talk about that plus much more with Troy Schrenk, CCO of Target Hospitality. I think, what do they have, 20 different communities going on in Texas alone? I've got to figure that out, but outstanding work they have going. You know, the one thing that I love about what they have going on at Target Hospitality is the options and opportunity they give community. That is one of the things that goes untold, that when somebody like Target Hospitality comes into a community, it gives their local leaders a tool to manage that community correctly so that people don't come in and overbuild and put up too many apartment buildings or put up too many single-family homes, that sort of thing, in a very volatile industry. It's getting better. It's more of a commodity industry now than a, than a volatile one, but it's still there is still a little bit of ebbs and flows. But uh, Troy Schrenk, CCO Target Hospitality, going to join us a little bit later on in the Bach and Barbecue phone lines. Also, North Dakota Land Commissioner Jody Smith responds to the Bismarck Tribune article and North Dakota Petroleum Council's Ron Ness's comments regarding a letter that was sent out looking to collect millions of dollars in unpaid natural gas royalties from companies operating in the oil patch following a North Dakota Supreme Court ruling last summer. So we'll talk to her a little bit uh, later in the program. And we have headlines coming up. Our sponsor today is Trunkline. Trunkline is a one-stop shop for oil field materials, equipment, and merchandise. Search, compare, and purchase products from vendors all across the industry. Trunkline.com. Of course, you can always click on our links here at the Crude Life show page. Also, do want to mention that today's music is the Moody River Band. So if you'd like to download and listen to their music, go to our show page. We have the links available there. The Moody River Band. And if you've got a band that you would like showcased on here, that they would like their music showcased, feel free to email me at jason at thecrudelife.com. That's jason at thecrudelife.com. And we will make sure we get that out there. Part of our crossover is the Crude Life crossover. One of the ways where we try to reach out to those people who do not work in our industry day to day and music is one of those ways so we promote their music through our website our social media as well as this radio program and then they of course give us music to have on our program and they in turn promote our program as well and just another way that we try to reach out and extend ourselves to those who do not work in the day to day and get them to promote us as opposed to protest against us so the moody river band is the music you're hearing Today. All right, our featured event today is the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference happening May 19th through the 21st, 2020. Boy, they've got a lineup happening in the Bakken. Check this out. Here's what we have happening at the Williston Basin Conference, May 19th through the 21st at the Bismarck Event Center. The Crude Life will be there doing a live recording session with CEOs. Mike Summers, President and CEO of API. Mr. Robert Phillips, the CEO of Crestwood. Chris Kendall, the CEO of Denbury Resources. The Enhanced Oil Recovery at Cedar Hills in Bowman County. 
Wendy King, the VP of ConocoPhillips Great Plains Business Unit, plus many more XTO Energy. I'm looking at the list here as I go down. Folks, you're going to want to be a part of the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference happening the 19th through the 21st of May. Uh, we are booked there at the Crude Life. We'll be doing a live recording session interviewing all kinds of different people, getting involved in new ways, engaging with people. We'll see you there, folks. By the way, the link for that is available at thecrudelife.com on our show page. If you want to click on the link, it's there. Also, we're waiting for Bailey Midkiff with WIC. He's going to be provolone. Is he called yet? No? Okay, keep keep an eye out. He might be calling in with an update from Doug, D-U-G Rockies, so we can find out what the vibe was like there. I got some great photos, saw some great social media posts from him. He's kind of a correspondent of the program out there in the Rocky Mountain region in the Bakken. So uh, Bailey Midkiff going to be joining us a little bit later on in the program with an update with the D-U-G Doug Rockies. What else do we got? We've got Troy Schrenk, Chief Commercial Officer from Target Hospitality, and Jody Smith, the North Dakota Land Commissioner, still coming up. And we've got headlines right around the corner. But first, we need to take a quick break and pay some bills, make sure that we can keep the lights on. Because, folks, when the lights are on, we want to make sure we entertain Educate and inform and let the people know how we keep those lights on because it is not the flick of a switch. It is with the hardworking men and women out there, like the people from Trunkline. Let me tell you what Trunkline does. They'll make your life a lot easier. Go to Trunkline.com. It is a one-stop shop for oil field materials, equipment, and merchandise. Shop, compare, and purchase products from vendors all across the industry. It's Trunkline.com. Trunkline.com. The Crude Life, every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Crude Life Podcast. My name is Jason Spees, the North Dakota Nomad, the Shale Play Prophet, broadcasting from the Hatch Coaching Studios. Provolone is our entitled intern manning the production elements of today's broadcast, our podcast broadcast. That's the type of stuff you get here with this esoteric approach to energy. It's completely organic. We throw the scripts out, baby. Next, we've got headlines. Let's see what Provolone has put together here for headlines. This one comes from the Williston Herald. Oh, my backyard. North Dakota Public Service Commissioner approves North Dakota Access expansion project good news good news dakota access added another permit to the basket it needs on wednesday with the unanimous approval by north dakota regulators of a siting permit to construct a new pumping station in emmons county the 6,000 horsepower pumping station is part of a broader project to expand the dakota access pipeline nearly doubling the four state pipeline capacity to 1.1 million barrels a day well, folks, uh, those people listening know that pipelines are considered critical infrastructure. So this is another step in the right direction to ensuring that we get critical infrastructure developed in this country. Of course, the Dakota Access Pipeline, a lot of people know it across the world because of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe with the protest. I know Randy Chrisman, Public Service Commissioner Randy Chrisman, friend of the program, has been a big proponent of the Keystone Pipeline. And I do know that this was quite an ordeal. I know that uh, I, I did receive a comment from Randy after the, the the day was done yesterday, after a 15-hour public hearing. He's like, oh boy, I can't believe it. 26,000 comments and petitions, signatures related to the project. So this was a big ordeal. And glad to see it went through. I am glad to see it went through. Like I said, this is critical infrastructure here. This is... Uh, Chase Iron Eyes is the lead counsel 
for the, the Lakota People's Law Project. He's been on the program in the past. Uh, Chase ran for Congress in North Dakota unsuccessfully. He's been a big supporter for the Standing Rock uh, Nation and the Sioux Tribe. Chase Iron Eyes is, is his name. Um, I know he was there as well. But uh, and at the end of the day, all sides were heard and then some, as if 26,000 letters were there. So another step in the right direction to getting Keystone Pipeline flowing with energy. All right, good one today, provolone, backyard even. Next one, fossil fuel drilling could be contributing to climate change by heating earth from within. Where is this from, the onion? What is, it, what is this now? World Economic Forum.org. What the? Fossil fuel. I got to read this again, folks. Fossil fuel drilling could contributing, could be contributing to climate change by heating earth from within. Almost all scientists agree. That burning fossil fuels is contributing to climate change. But agreement is less clear on how exactly it's influencing rising global temperatures. The world is now one Celsius degree warmer than it was pre-industrial times. Is this solely down to emissions of greenhouse gases as much as CO2? Meteorologist Hubert Lamb, regarded as the father of modern climatology, argued that CO2 levels alone couldn't account for all the global warming that's been observed. All right, I got to stop this right here because I, I'm just, I, I am a, a provolone. Where did you, I can't believe that this is world, what is this? The World Economic Forum would put out a story like this? Fossil fuel drilling could, well, first of all, the word could should never be used in, in any sort of newspaper story, reporting, or article of fact, okay? Could was reserved for magazines and scientific journals, you know? Could CBD oil cure cancer? And then they do a, a, an actual scientific hypothesis to check it out. The, the could is part of a question to then have a discussion. It's not meant to advance a false narrative like the way everybody uses the word could today that dry that's like nails down the chalkboard for me when i see the word could when i see headlines from newspapers that are questions i came from the magazine world i had newspapers as clients but the magazine world we had questions that we would do you know could could this project save this community and then you'd layer in things. It's supposed to be a layered article when you use could. It was meant for scholarly journals to have a discussion, not to pinpoint on one thing to advance a narrative. It's like when the news started saying, some people say, they wouldn't quote people. They would just say, some people say. So, okay, I, I am just appalled. So now fossil fuels are heating the earth from within? How are we heating the earth's core? This, I don't even want to read this. This is like, I, I would rather just take a nap than read the, what the? World Economic Forum, shame on you. What is this? Okay, said is, start getting your stuff from the onion. It'd be more accurate. Holy smokes. Let's go to the next. Are you kidding? Folks, this link is available at thecrudelife.com. You got to see it for yourself. Fossil fuel drilling could be contributing to climate change by heating earth from within. How in the world is fossil fuel drilling heating the earth's core? Unbelievable. I mean, I thought it was interesting when Yale put out a study that uh, fracking was causing STDs. Like I said yesterday, they're going to, every, everything now, I mean, pretty much, you know, Johnny got fired. Well, I don't want to blame fossil fuels, but that certainly didn't help. I mean, this is, this is, oh yeah, unbelievable. So what do we got next? Provolone for headlines. Let's see. This one comes from Yahoo here. McDonald's shamrock shake is back. 
Here's why so many are freaking out. Huge news for fans of McDonald's. The fast food giant has brought back its Shamrock Shake, which hasn't been offered in restaurant for three years. See, I didn't even know that. I just assumed they, they brought it back every Lenten season, every Easter season, every green pa- St. Patrick's Day season. The iconic shake is back as of Wednesday to mark the 50th anniversary of its launch. Now, there are two ways to enjoy the treat. One is the classic shamrock shake, which features vanilla soft serve combined with shamrock mint flavor and a whipped topping. The other is a new Oreo shamrock McFlurry, which features your classic shamrock shake base blended with Oreo pieces. See, now that sounds good. That's what I would get. I, when, I, when I would get a blizzard back in the day, I would, I would enjoy a good old mint flavored blizzard oreo blizzard i uh, was never a huge fan of the shamrock shake so i don't know where this is coming from but what gets me in this whole deal this whole headline is the headline mcdonald's shamrock shake is back colon here's why so many are freaking out who's freaking out who's freaking out about the shamrock shake it's only been gone for three years see this is this is when I'm turning into the old guy yelling at the newspaper. Now I'm the old guy yelling at my video screen, which is a computer, which is on my laptop, which, oh my God, I, dear God, this parachute is a knapsack. Oh, did you do that on purpose, Provolone? Because that one did not make me look good at all. And I did that all on my own. All on my own. Didn't have anybody to thank but me for that. Those words came out of my mouth. And because we agreed we were not going to edit these podcasts, we were going to treat them like it was live radio as a compromise. We're not. That's that's on me. I get that, Provolone. You will not speak today because of that. I am going to be a. Yeah, I'm going to be a little whiny boy today. That's right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to show you that I can do that, too. So actually, no, I want to get things moving. Bailey Midkiff's going to be calling in a little later in the program. We're expecting him with an update from the Rockies' Doug D.U.G. And we've got Troy Shrink patiently waiting on the Bakken Barbecue phone lines. And Jody Smith, the North Dakota Land Commissioner, responds to Ron Ness's comments about how the oil and gas companies were flabbergasted, upset, and extremely irritated about a letter that went out looking to collect millions of dollars in unpaid natural gas royalties. So Jody Smith still coming up in today's program to respond on that. And we've got Troy Schrenk right around the corner. But before we get to them, I do want to just take 30 seconds and mention our sponsor today because we cannot do this without our sponsors. So we're very grateful for companies like Trunkline.com. Trunkline is the one-stop shop for oil field materials, equipment, and merchandise. Search, compare, and purchase products from vendors all across the industry. Go to trunkline.com. That's trunkline.com. It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say. To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life. You know, what do you do in society? You succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country, I'm telling you. There's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Welcome back to the Crude Live podcast. My name is Jason Spees. Some have called me the North Dakota Nomad. Others, the shale play prophet. That is Provolone. He is our entitled intern. And we are broadcasting from the Hatch Coaches Studios. And Troy Shrink, the chief commercial officer for Target Hospitality, is patiently waiting on the Bakken barbecue phone line. So I'm going to get right to it. 
Provolone, do we got them patched in? And if we could just get a mic level check from them, if you want mine there, Provolone, appreciate it very much. You're doing a fantastic job today. I am stalling as you're doing the things that you were supposed to do when we took the last 30 second break, because in the business, we call this changing oil while going 70 miles down the interstate. So, all right, are we ready to go, Provolone? Okay. Oh, what's that? Bailey's calling now too. Oh, see, this is what happens when it rains, it pours, buddy. When it rains, it pours. Welcome to the real world, Provolone. All right, let's just get Troy Shrank in, and then we'll we'll get back around with Bailey uh, Bailey Midkiff from WIC with our Colorado Doug update and so much more here. Jody Smith still coming. I just feel like we've got so much happening here on the second half of this program, folks. Don't go anywhere, Provolone. Let's go right to Troy, please. Troy Shrank with Target Hospitality. Excellent. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. I wanted to follow up on a press release I received recently on a 100-room expansion at El Capitan Community. Talk to us a little bit more about that, and thanks for joining the program here today, sir. You bet. Jason, good to be back. Thanks for having me. We did. We announced a, uh, an expansion of our El Capitan uh, employer accommodations community out in the heart of the Delaware Basin which sits uh, uh, in a prolific Permian, as everyone is aware. Uh, we initially came out and announced the 200-bed uh, construction of this community back in 2019 for a large integrated producer that has made a substantial investment in the Permian Basin. Uh, as we have done uh, for, the, for the past decade, every time we put a new Greenfield community uh, in the ground, uh, we have doubled that, the size of that community in less than three years. And in this case, we're, we're super proud to announce that uh, we've doubled the size of the community in less than uh, about 10 months, uh, which uh, I think is a, is a pretty good indication of, obviously a very good indication of, uh, of, of the growth in the Permian Basin uh, and, and the investment being made by, by uh, you know, very large integrated producers in the area. So, we're excited about uh, having that customer uh, being able to support their their uh, production efforts uh, in, in, in the Great Permian. And I'm sorry if I missed it, but what city in Texas was this again? So this is right in the heart of the Delaware Basin up on the state line. And, uh, you know, it uh, doesn't take too long to figure out where that might be, but there's a little town up there called Orla, Texas. Okay, and, Orla. Uh, I... it's an, it, Orla is an area that uh, has seen uh, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of investment uh, over the past several years. Uh, if you went back there in 2012, 2011, uh, you would find probably one building, and it was a registered ghost town on the Texas State Registry. Today, it happens to be at the epicenter of some major oil, oil uh, development. So if, if we wouldn't mind, before I ask you about some of the other projects, I know you got an appointment coming up here, but I do like to take a moment to remind the listeners um, kind of some of the benefits that you bring a community. Not, not only do you bring you know, a, a benefit to the industry, but there is benefits to the community with the type of services that you provide. And I saw it firsthand in the Bakken right in my backyard, the, the type of advantages that uh, like a target hospitality can bring. But it's a two-part question. First off, I imagine that this this Orla community facilities, like many of your other ones with the zero tolerance, the indoor-outdoor facilities, you got the chefs on hand. Talk about that a little bit and then transition into the, the benefits that communities really see with this type of housing and this type of community that you bring. Sure. Look, you know, as, as as we think about it from the from the, the customer's point of view, and again, a reminder: the customer being large energy employers, you know, they uh, the whole there's a job that, that that has to be done, and the job to be done is to get their human capital, uh, which they've invested millions of dollars in onboarding and training. Uh, frankly, uh, to to their work locations faster, safer, cheaper, uh, and much more efficient. Uh, and, and as a result of being able to, to deliver on that promise for the energy employer, uh, we are driving a better worker, 
they're spending less time in in the in a vehicle on a commute side. As a result, they'll they'll have much more energy. They've been able to manage their fatigue, uh, reduce uh, uh, incidents that can occur on on these very dangerous roads and extended travel time. And they're much more productive employees. They're optimized for work. So if we can get their employees to work locations on the rig site, on the track spread, on the project that they're working on, whether it's a right-of-way for a pipeline, if we can do it faster, cheaper, and safer, uh, we have delivered on our part of the job and helped them deliver on their part. Look, part of that is what we do in our communities. And you mentioned it, Jason. It all starts. At, at, at our at, at our community where we do have a zero tolerance policy and that that's not that's not just target policy that's our energy customers uh, partnership with us where there is no alcohol uh, which would be counterproductive to productivity and safety on the job site uh, there is no uh, drugs and and firearms allowed uh, on location at, at, at any of our communities we are seen as a as an extension of their safety culture Safety is not uh, just 12 hours. It's a 24-hour commitment uh, with us and our partners uh, on the on the employer side. So, um, look, that that is part of the value proposition. At the end of the day, that's the that that's again part of the job to be done here is you know optimizing their employee uh, and a better worker is a, is a more productive worker, a more loyal employee, uh, and and that drives profits to their bottom line. Make no mistake about it. But I think the one thing that they can't go uh, without being said is the impact on the community. And I mean the communities that, that we have the privilege of operating in as a good steward, uh, whether it's in the Bakken and Williston and Watford and Dickinson or if it's all the way down to West Texas or Southeast New Mexico. You know, we've been able to alleviate a lot of pressure in these markets where uh, you have infrastructure pressure where there's, a, there's much uh, impact and pressure on the road, uh, very dangerous roads, a lot of truck traffic, lots of intensity, we have a lot of variables at play. The fact that we've been able to build a network of 20 locations in the Permian Basin, to get, get the employees off the road, get them off the road much quicker, get them off the road faster, get them off the road more safely. They're spending less time on those roads, which is good for everybody in the community. Highway 285 is one of the most dangerous roads in, in all of the United States. It has too many fatalities, and we've built several thousand rooms along Highway 285 to ensure that we can get that employee off off of that very dangerous road. But there's other there's other obviously benefits to the community. One of which is, you know, we're we're we're, we're we are relieving pressure uh, on the on the supply side for housing. Um, one of the, the major problems that, that West Texas is having right now is uh, affordable housing for first responders, uh, for public servants that work in fire and police and ambulance and medical services and teachers and educators. And uh, rather than having oil field energy employees absorb all of that housing stock, uh, that employee is, is staying with us, right? So the energy employee stays with us. It frees up supply in the community for those first responders, public servants, and it's been a, a much welcome supply uh, for the for those communities that, that we operate in today. Well, like I said, I saw it firsthand where it, it really became a, a great tool for civic leaders to really balance that uh, issue of overbuilding because in, in, in an industry that's historically had boom-bust cycles, well, you know that, that that that's a that's a real thing, and this is one of those services that I, I was just amazed, absolutely amazed to see firsthand with my own eyes. Um, transitioning a little bit, uh, Kermit, Texas, you guys still down there? And what other places have you got some beds now? Sure. So as I mentioned, we have uh, twenty unique locations across the Permian, and and Jason, I think you know this, but for for your listeners. You know, the Permian is the size of uh, the United Kingdom. I think plus or minus about 87,000 square miles. Massive geographical area. And and uh, it's important from our business perspective to support our customers to make sure that we've strategically built uh, in locations that can that can certainly support our customers and, again, uh, get the job done, right? Faster, cheaper, faster, cheaper, safer to work locations, and that's exactly what we've done. Kermit definitely is one of those locations. I think we have plus or minus about 500 rooms in the Kermit market. 
um, and, and it's an area that, uh, that uh, we're able to, to support our customers from. Um, again, we have, you know, 19 other locations across the Permian outside of even Permit, uh, from the Midland Basin, uh, where we hold probably three to 4,000 rooms uh, between Midland, Odessa, uh, all the way through the Delaware Basin with the balance of our rooms. So, you know, Jason, today, as you know, we've seen rapid growth uh, over the last several years. I think we're pushing 9,000 rooms in the Permian Basin today. Uh, and, look, we, look we, 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 we continue to assess areas of what we call white space uh, where we can better support and help our customers. Um, you know, but with 20 locations, we've pretty much got it covered at this point. Any final thoughts as we wrap up? I know you got a uh, another meeting coming up. Appreciate the time today. So, any final thoughts? Uh, what to look forward to with uh, what you guys have coming down the pipe, or anything that we missed that you want to make sure we get or reiterate, etc. Maybe a chili recipe. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's good. Hey, look, you know, look as we think about the business, you know, look, we're we're. We're, we're fortunate and, and privileged to, to be doing business in, in two great basins in the United States. We're, we're privileged to be part of something, I think, on, on a bigger picture, to be a part of U.S. energy independence. We're an integral part of that. We're going to continue to be an integral part of that. And, uh, and at the end of the day, make sure that we have, uh, we have uh, delivered on our promise for our customers, uh, energy employers, and their employees. Uh, and I think we can do that. But just a couple of really kind of fun announcements. You know, one of the things that, you know, I, I think oftentimes we get carried away talking about how many facilities and communities we have and how many rooms. And, look, what I think what I'm most proud of is we have almost 700 great employees in the Permian Basement today that deliver on our profit, that deliver the great service quality to our guests every single day. They live with our customers 24-7, and that is, that is just not for super profit. They get the, the ability to deliver some great food, not good food. You're working 12 or 14-hour days in 104-degree heat, and you're covered in PP&E and FR. Uh, what you're looking forward to is not good food. You're looking forward to great food. So, you know, the opportunity for our great people to, to make fresh, you know, grilled steaks every night, grilled chicken, grilled fish, pastas. We've opened up this new concept. I don't know if I've shared it with you, Jason. It's a it's a uh, uh, sports bar and grill without the alcohol, of course. It's called the Frack Shack. We've started to open these up over the last several years. We're opening up our uh, our seventh one here coming up here in in, in 2020, and they're all on location. Uh, you know, the 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 customer gets to you know go have food 24 seven. If they want to go over to the Frack Shack, they can have a handmade uh, burger. Uh, custom-made burger with hand-cut French fries. We've got wood-fired pizza oven. Um, it's like a sports a sports bar that that, that that anyone would be proud to go into with absolutely great food. And I think it's it's that it's that caring concern and 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 uh, emphasis on the on our guests that that frankly uh, have uh, you know every energy company just clamoring to do you know to help us to have them help us or have us help them rather. And so, you know, those, those are the fun things, right? It, it's all about food. It's all about our guests. And, and uh, Jason, you have a stand invitation to come down to the Permian and try one of those uh, homemade burgers anytime. Well, I might take you up on it, too. And, and, you know, one last thought I do want to mention is that when I was up visiting some of the facilities up in the Bakken before back, probably oh, five years ago now, and kind of talking to some of those guys, you know, afterwards and, you know, three, four years later, the one thing that they talked about that it was that brotherhood, that sense of brotherhood, which nowadays, I don't know what the PC term is, I guess, manhood, humanhood, whatever the term is, but it's when you can really get together a good work-life balance. And that's what's really impressed me about what you guys have done is figured out a way that you can actually leave your stress at work at the end of the day. And like you said, go into a sports bar without alcohol and actually kick back and have fun and release some of that stress. Because sometimes when you go home and you got laundry waiting for you and you know you got the lawn waiting for you and you got a couple kids you got to bring and you got this and that, there's, there's that extra stress that the home life that you don't get the right balance. And that's what I kind of, I, I don't know, I've, I've had a few conversations about that with some people that stayed in your facilities 
up in the Bakken. And I wanted to pass that along that it's really interesting to see the way that you guys have strived for a true, you know, work life, you know, release at the end of the day, balance type of a thing. Is that intentional or did you guys just stumble into that? That's a hundred percent intentional. Um, and you know, here's why it's a hundred percent intentional. You know, you can call it whatever you want, brotherhood, fraternal, fraternity, uh, by nature in energy, as you know, it's, it's, it's the backbone of, 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 of the energy and the, and what's called the oil patch, right? Um, there's a, there's an understanding. I like to call it empathy You call it whatever you want, but I like to call it empathy and, the way we have structured this, meaning all of our employees are also rotational workers or rotational employees. They're coming from outside of the area, much like many of these uh, energy employees and workers. And so our folks are working rotations, very similar to a frack hand. They're there for two or three, four weeks at a time, and then they get to travel back to their home state. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a degree of empathy immediately that's developed between our employee and the guest. There's an understanding of what they're going through, working long days, 12, 14, 16-hour days for two, three, four, five weeks at a time, right, working that rotation schedule. And so that develops the, the quote-unquote, as you say, the brotherhood. In our, in, in, in our business, we say empathy, guest empathy, customer empathy, and, and, and to understand that, look, they're going through isolationism, being away from their family and friends. They're going through periods of, of morale, lower morale, because they miss them uh, or they can't connect with them, they can't see them. And so that friendship and that empathy is developed over time, and I think that's what makes the customer so sticky. That's what makes, you know, this culture of brotherhood and fraternal, uh, you know, friendships uh, last. And, and, and I think, you know, by, by deliberation, literally, deliberately, we've, we've set up the hospitality program that way. Troy Shrink, Target Hospitality. Thank you much. Jason, thanks again. Once again, thank you very much, Troy Shrink, Chief Commercial Officer with Target Hospitality and Provolone. I see you're giving me the signal that we've got Bailey Midkiff on the line with us on the Bakken Barbecue phone lines. Driving back from Colorado, where he attended the Rockies, Doug, at DUG. All right, do we got him? All right, let's get a mic level check from Bailey Midkiff here, if we wouldn't mind, please. Bailey Midkiff, WIC. Excellent. Thank you for joining us here today. Finally, after a little bit of digital tag, we got caught up here because whenever these events, you know, I'm a single dad and I, I raised my kid and he's got basketball games and he was sick throwing up and, you know, just all kind. Is, is there any more pity that you can put on me today? You know, I just, I wasn't able to make the conference out in Denver. I wanted to go to uh, DUG Doug this year, but uh, Bailey Midkiff went and he's kind of a expert out there in the Rocky Mountain region. He understands the industry, but he understands politics as well because he's Born and bred from his dad, who's a county county commissioner, right? Your dad is? That's correct. Yep, Nyberg County. Nyberg County. So you've got it in the blood and everything. But uh, talk to me about the conference. How was it? Uh, you, did you go for the full time or one day, two days? How many days you spend out there? I went for the full time. And uh, I tell you what, Jason, there was a lot of people that came out right away just for the, uh, the initial social hour. So they kind of had it broke down to where it was registration from 11 to pretty much five o'clock that full first day you know set up people meet each other get everything prepped mm -hmm. and then uh, they had a social hour from five to seven and actually uh there's a great group of individuals bradsby group and they uh do a lot of uh external you know third-party hiring for people and they did uh a get together they called it an oil and gas industry happy hour which most people go with that automatic name right nothing too unique from three to five and that got a lot of people too i'm it was really amazing to see actually how many people came out from out of state surprisingly enough uh when you go to these conferences they're usually really busy and effective but they're more local right i would say 300 mile radius to you know lock down a territory of people that show up that was the one thing, sorry to interrupt, but that was the one thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm glad you brought that up, was that if I wanted to get out to this one especially because um, when, when you start hearing about things happening in different states and if you're doing business out there, 
most business owners and most entrepreneurs want a firsthand view. I mean, the whole reason I'm doing what I'm doing today is because I embedded myself out in the Bakken oil field. I didn't try to to do what I'm doing, um, not living and working day to day in in the in you know the Williston Basin. No, I went out there and I slept in my vehicle and did everything else like that. So I would imagine that would have been the case this year, where a lot of people wondering what the heck is going on in Colorado would probably have gone out there to see with their own eyes, if that makes sense. Was there was there that people just seeing, okay, what is going on out here? There was. I, I, and I actually had lunch with two individuals that were, they're really high up with the company, and I won't say the company name, but they're out of Oklahoma City. And surprisingly enough, they came because their company just bought assets in Laramie County, and they didn't know anything about it. I mean, and they were involved with the purchase aspect of this but to the point that the powder river basin and everything you know closely related to that is getting a lot of uh eyes on it and people are getting really active i mean apparently to the point that companies are seeing that the value of the low cost in return is there and they're purchasing and then figuring out later it was pretty interesting to have a conversation on giving them a little intel because they didn't really know it was more of a shoot by the hip purchase and okay let's go find out let's go down there and see it (laughs) What was uh, some of the other comments, some of the other vibe coming out of uh, the Rockies, Doug, D-U-G, if you will? Um, what, what was some of the comments coming out of there in the vibe? I think it'd be broke down in two groups, how I felt. The first group, surprisingly enough, was not too uh, excited about Trump possibly being reelected because they felt they could get more traction in, in the oil and gas prices or anything else that affects the industry with somebody else, which I found really interesting for them to put them input on that and uh, how they see decline in their areas, but they're seeing a lot in the Powder River. And then the other half is it's going crazy. The Powder River is where it's at. You know, even these exhibitor conferences they had, how great it's coming, what's coming up, you know. In the Rockies, I mean, they really didn't touch that much on the Balkans, surprisingly enough. I mean, everything has been the face of uh, the Powder River Basin in the Rockies, uh, not including the Balkan. I mean, they're looking at the next best thing is how I perceived it. So there's there's a half that says it's going really slow except for the Powder River, and the other half is it's going great. We're not seeing any issues. You know, people are spending money. So it was kind of weird. I think it just depends on where you stand. I I need to make sure that I have my notes right here as I'm writing down, um, as you're speaking, um, two groups and it it actually was kind of three. If you, if you want to say the, uh, Bakken less group, but, um, (laughs) the two groups, uh, the first one, did you say people who do not want to see Trump elected? Surprisingly enough, a short quote from an individual was he feels that if Trump doesn't get elected and it's another one of these individuals that's on the docket with all their changes, it might cause a crazy spike in oil and gas prices. That's quote unquote. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I mean, but I, everybody has their opinion. I, I didn't see that coming. You know, Usually I guess I don't understand. I don't understand I don't their either. logic behind that. I don't either. But <laughs> I'm not saying I understand logic anyways. <laughs> I'm not saying that I understand the oil and gas market, but I mean, trust me, that prediction is just as good as any other one. I just, I, right. I, I don't agree with it, nor do I see the tea leaves or the signs like that. I, um, I, I'm surprised. Did he get lynched there? Did he get, uh, you know, rode out of town on a rail? I mean, I would think that would be a very unpopular comment at, at a, at a, uh, oil and gas conference. <laughs> At, at the table, there was a, a moment of silence, like maybe somebody was praying. It was kind of interesting. I think everybody was just trying to take in the comment and how to perceive it, right? Uh, unluckily enough, everybody there was educated and polite enough to just kind of, oh, well, okay, and respect his opinion. But I think we all just were kind of surprised. And obviously, I'm not giving full depth into it. And I, 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 I'm assuming the guy that said it probably listens to this, so I won't say who, but I was, I was surprised. Utterly shocked. Well, I'll tell you what, if the guy is listening, call, uh, shoot me an email, jason at com. We'd love to have you on the program and talk about that. I just don't understand it. But if he's got some, you know, some good insight that could help the industry, I'm all for it because, 
you know, the industry is going to adapt accordingly. It's been through low prices, high prices, medium prices, just right prices. So it's, it's, it's going to adapt accordingly. It's just getting the information to read those tea leaves that I'm, that I'm interested in. You know, I think Trump's going to win in a landslide. I, I don't think there's any Democrat that even comes close to posing uh, a, a realistic threat to, to uh, beating him in the next election. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, I'm with you. Uh, obviously, uh, the proof's in the pudding. And when he is elected, it's all said and done. So I'm optimistic and I'm a realist, but uh, I, I don't see how he couldn't get reelected. I think the big, uh, I, I still think, and I've said this for the last five years, and I am not changed. I don't see anything that's going to make me change my mind. The single biggest threat to the energy industry is the environmentalists. Well, besides probably, but besides probably themselves. I mean, we're our biggest enemy. Oftentimes, the industry, you know. Um, that's true. Oh, it is. That's any. That's any industry, and and now, that's why we're we're so adamant on now is a time to unite. We need to figure out a way to work together. And if somebody is, you know, like last summer when I was, you know, kind of doing a little bit of a gut check for the industry, it wasn't to call people out. It's to say, hey, listen, let's get on the same page here. Let's not let's not point fingers and say, you know, you should have done this different and this better. No, that stuff's done. We need to figure out a way to get on the same page because, you know, last summer when I was speaking, it was only two presidential candidates wanting to ban the industry. Now it's like eight. And so we're... we're, we're and growing. Well, and, and, and the, this, the part that I'm really having a hard time with is I really do love this industry because I love the, the capitalism, the entrepreneurism behind it. And I see this becoming almost like nationalized is almost what I see happening. But when I see us as an industry getting our butt kicked by a 16-year-old girl, come on, we, got, we can do better than that, can't we? Yeah, that should be a little bit of an eye-opener, right? I mean, I mean it really should. It should. It's playing field too open, maybe, in a scheme of things. It is, and so that I think that that's probably a good gut check for us. Was anybody talking about that at, at the at the conference? The environmental side of this, or is that registered in? You know, we have California that has their own ban and restrictions. New York has a has a ban that looks like that might stay now. They, there's no sign that they're going to reverse the ban on natural gas or whatever they got going in New York, fracking and everything. Colorado is is looking like they're going to be the new poster child for the rest of the states. Is anybody talking about that there? So the conversations on the floor with individuals that attended or had booths was not. But I would say a lot of the keynote speakers brought up quite a bit of that. I mean, from I want to say his name is uh, Richard Mason with Heart Energy. And then there was, uh, oh, man, the really good Born in the Bakken one. Uh, Dick Finley, he brought that up, as well as Joe... The Dominic from uh, Anschutz. There was a lot of conversation about that, but surprisingly enough, just table talk, it really wasn't a discussion. And I think, truthfully, it's because we're scared of it and we are trying to fight it, but uh, we do need to talk about it. But I think it's getting beat up so much that it wasn't a conversation people wanted to have over a cup of coffee, strolling, strolling the booths. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard when you don't have the answers. You know, I mean, you, you, that's it. And I mean, nobody really does, right? We all want to be ahead of the curve and find ways to counteract it and make sure we're doing the right thing. But I yeah, remember, I, I remember answer. once when I was in a, a relationship that d- didn't work out in my favor, but probably because I say things like this, which was one time I had to, had to sit down with her and I said, listen, there's a difference between venting and the next level. I said, venting is when you just kind of occasionally, you know, complain about something. When you're doing it every day with such passion, you're just, you're bitching. You're now bitching and we got to do something about it because we can't live like that. And so I, I kind of feel like we're at that point now to where we, we, now's the time of action. We can't be talking about this stuff anymore. It's now time for action. Yet, I don't think we quite know what that action is. So there's a little bit of a, I don't know. Gray area. Yeah, there is a little bit of gray area. So, well, all right. Overall, how was the vibe? Are people optimistic? Are they a little bit concerned? Are they, oh, geez, I need to find a new job? What's the, uh, what was the overall kind of vibe for the outlook of 2020 at, at uh, Colorado? Uh, I'm sorry, Rockies, Doug. Optimistic, very optimistic. I mean, even to the crazy point, and this one surprised me, not that 
anybody can bring a booth, but uh, Cotton Logistics, I don't know if you've heard of them or not. They're a huge culinary company for like the Permian and closely related to that area for bringing out rick food and rick houses and they had an amazing booth probably the best booth i've seen that wasn't oil and gas related in a long time it was immaculate and they were spending that investment to come up here and get in the powder because they were fully comfortable in the current scenario of the industry so i mean just with that being said it was amazing how many new booths and new individuals came to get involved get information you know and uh, and learn so i think it's very very optimistic it was more optimistic than i thought it would be what are you guys looking for for next year give yourself a plug how you guys are making money out there i know you're in the insulation business so you do outside of oil and gas as well but uh, uh give yourself a little bit of a plug on how you guys make some money out there and uh, you know we appreciate you coming on and giving us the update we really want to chase the new smaller guys that are coming in to invest in the Powder River and help them get a great quality product to help them move forward to have amazing assets that I, they either maintain and keep for a long period of time or sell, as well as these larger projects, you know, get involved, not just to have our name out there, but to put our soft skills to the test on some of the best projects. To listen to the full-length interview, Visit thecrudelife.com. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. The Davis Refinery. When it's time to put the booze down, find us some solid ground, clean this damn life up, and turn it all around. We got lost in the smoking. And that's going to do it for today's The Crude Life Podcast. I'd like to thank you folks very much for joining us here today. Also, Provolone, excellent job doing the production elements of the podcast. The music you're hearing is the Moody River Band. If you have a band that you would like showcased here, that you would like to reach out and do the Crude Life music crossover, Email jason at thecrudelife.com and we will get it set up for you. If you'd like to check out our musicians, go to thecrudelife.com, click on the musicians page, and you can see the musicians that we've got a music crossover with. Please feel free to support their music and download it and, and listen to it. They are supporting us so we can support them, and it's so nice to have musicians promote us instead of protesting. Also, I'd like to thank Trunkline.com for being our sponsor today. Trunkline is a one-stop shop for oil field materials, equipment, and merchandise. Search and compare and purchase products from vendors all across the industry. That's Trunkline.com. That is Trunkline.com. Also, Jody Smith is coming up just around the corner. She's the North Dakota Land Commissioner. She's going to respond to the North Dakota Tribune article and the comments from North Dakota Petroleum Council's Ron Ness regarding a letter that was sent out looking to collect millions in unpaid natural gas royalties from companies operating in the oil patch. Also, Troy Schrank, the Chief Commercial Officer for Target Hospitality, thank you very much for joining us on today's program. All the interviews that you heard today are available in their entirety at thecrudelife.com. They're isolated away, so you don't have to listen to the entire podcast all over again. If you caught part of an interview and you want to listen to it, we take all the interviews, we isolate them by themselves, we put them on Facebook Watch, we put them on YouTube, and also on podcast as well. So. If you go to thecrudelife.com, all that goody, goody, chewy goodness is available there. 
And a quick reminder that our featured event today was the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. That is happening May 19th through the 21st in Bismarck, North Dakota. All the links are available at thecrudelife.com, whether it's for the interview, the Williston Basin Conference, or a headline that we talked about earlier in the program. Coming up, Jody Smith, the North Dakota Land Commissioner, right here on the Crude Life Podcast. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Jody Smith, the North Dakota Land Commissioner, who recently sent out a letter to dozens of operators outlining how they must pay money they had previously deducted from royalties owed to the state agency for developing state-owned minerals. In just a moment, part of our exclusive interview with Jody Smith, the North Dakota Land Commissioner, right here on the Crude Life Daily Update. I, I wanted to ask you about Ron Ness. I was reading the story in charge of the North Dakota Petroleum Council. I don't know if you've talked to him or if that's just the, the um, author of the story, Amy Sisk, who, who reached out to him. And his quote was, I would say they're absolutely disgusted and flabbergasted and extremely angry. So there's three things there. Well, I am aware that the Petroleum Council, to some level, or some of their members, did reach out to each of our board members and had conversations with them prior to the board providing me this guidance. I did have a meeting with Mr. Ness probably two or three weeks ago, just letting him know that this, I kind of had an idea. I didn't know the specifics of the flowchart, but I had an idea of what it was going to entail. And so I met with him and Mr. Pelton and just asked them to, you know, to kind of notify all of their members and all the payers that we work with and ask them to start getting their information ready because uh, we did ask for them to come into compliance. It would be time sensitive. And so they were aware we were having these conversations. Either Mr. Pelton or Mr. Ness were in the boardrooms whenever they were allowed to be, whenever it was held in open session. And then after each board meeting, you know, I usually stand with Mr. Pelton and have just a very brief conversation um, to whatever degree I can. Typically when it's in executive session, I'm kind of bound by the confines of executive session and not able to share what's going on in there. Um, but the board did give me directive on a couple of occasions. Um, I am aware that uh, Mr. Ness actually contacted the Attorney General. The Attorney General also provided him guidance that this would be coming, kind of a minimum of what we would be looking at and to really start preparing those those payers. Those operators have gotten in contact with the department. We have some who are um, expressing gratitude to us just because we were able to get into a position where we could waive the penalties and we could drop that interest rate down as low as we're legally able to do. And so I'm not sure where he's getting the disgusted and flabbergasted and shocked from because this has been going on since I think it was the end of October. And that was North Dakota Land Commissioner Jody Smith. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts. Go to thecrudelife.com, click on the social media tab. We have the Facebook, the YouTubes, even the Twitters. Right there at thecrudelife.com, click on the social media tab. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, the Davis Refinery. Cool.
There's no breaks in the peace. It's just you and me and baby singing it like we did in the good old days. Yeah, we're singing it like they did in the good old days because we're back to the way. Crude Life every Monday through Thursday with a week in review on Friday.